So I absolutely love this series that we're going to really focus on love and hope. I was reading um, Wadey Backlund's book, Victorious Emotions, and I came across this amazing quote, and honestly, this really cracked me up for a day, and I just saw and put it in here. I have permission to be hopeless about anything God is hopeless about, but since he's the God of all hope, you know, that narrows the opportunity for hopelessness down quite a bit. <laughs> So, and I really, for days and days, I was just cracking up because I'm thinking, you know, you have this picture of God going, oh, is this not possible? I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, and I, you just, it's just too funny. You cannot imagine God not being hopeful. You know, and we are called to be these guys, you know, full of hope. Uh, that's why it was making me laugh so much. You know, last week, Tom, uh, Tom, Tom, Tim, <laughs> Wrong, wrong vowel. Team talked about God being the God of all hope. Okay, and um, and I thought that was oops. I thought that was really great. And he defined that hope was actually the confident expectation that good is coming. Okay, and Tim really used the Roman um, fifteen verse to show you how God is the source of all all hope. And you know, that blows my mind away, because if you think about the Trinity, so God is the source of all hope, Jesus is the object of our hope, and how do we get hope? By the Holy Spirit. So he's the mean of getting hope. If we trust in him, okay, the Holy Spirit will give, him us, will give us hope. How about that? So everything about God is hope. And the ultimate result is actually that this hope will fill us with joy and peace. This is amazing stuff, okay? So today, I'm looking at something slightly different, but still in the hope area. I'm looking at the topic of love hopes. Love always hope. You see, when we say, if it works, yeah. Okay, not work, not work, work. When we say, that, uh, no, it's not the one I want. This is weird. Okay, right. When we say that the confident expectation that good is coming is hope, yeah, when we say that, it's not wishful thinking. It's not, oh, I hope it's going to happen. Maybe it's going to happen. Or I better think positively because it's going to happen. This is not like that. We have confident expectation that the good is coming because of God and his nature. And the main thing in that is that good God is extremely good. He is good, he's faithful, his promises are true. At the core of everything, he loves us. Because he loves us, because he's for us, we can hope in him. Can you see? So when we say hope is the confident expectation of good is coming, we should add up, and he is a good God, and we know he's a good God, and he loves me. That's why I can have this amazing hope in him, because I know he loves me, he is for me. Yeah? We all know this uh, big chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 about love, who depicts really perfect love, and how God is, and how we should be, Yes? And we will look at it a little bit more in detail later on. But in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verse 7, it says, 
love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. And love always perseveres. I would like to suggest to you that's how God loves us and that's how it is for us. So when we say God loves us, we can say as well, love, God hopes always for us. Can you see the connection between his love and the hope he has for us? Can you see how amazing? So he bears all things. He believes all things. He hopes all things for us. He endures all things. Because he loves us. He loves us. Can you see how easier it is to trust God when we know he's a loving God? Amen. Can you see the connection? How easier it is to put our hope in God when we know he loves us? Yes? So, we are all on a journey right, of discovering how good is God. Would you agree with that? Yeah. We are all on a journey. Sometimes I think, oh yeah, I, I know he's, he's good. And, I, and then I'm discovering another bit. I say, oh my gosh, you love me that much? This is incredible, yeah? And then another day I'm thinking, oh, I've never realized that. And you know, we're all on a journey. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Okay. You see, I think the more we will know he loves us, the more it will be easy to trust him and to love him in return and hope in him in return, yes? And I want to talk a little bit about that. Okay, now, who sometimes gets disappointed? I don't. could put my two feet up. Yes, I do. Who sometimes gets disappointed in people? Yeah. If we're honest, we all do, do we? And being disappointed in people generally happens when uh, they haven't quite reached our expectation. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So we had expectation about these people and they, they didn't quite make the mark. Or they were not quite what we expected them to be. Yes. You see, we have a big problem is very often we project that onto God. Okay, and you, we, we have this attitude to say, "Oh God, you, you must be a little bit disappointed in me, because sometimes I'm not quite good enough. Sometimes I, 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 you know, I was planning to achieve this for you, but it didn't quite work out. And there I fell, and there I'm not perfect. And I look there, and I'm thinking, oh, am I enough for this? Yes. So we have this picture in our mind sometimes that God is disappointed in us." And do you know what? I want to demolish that thought this morning. God, it's impossible for him to, di- to be disappointed in you. It's impossible for him to be disappointed in you. Because he loves. And loves always hopes. Let it sink in your heart. I'm going to repeat it because it's so important. And I'm going to unpack it because I know some of you go, what? What? What is she saying? Yeah? So I will unpack it. Okay, it's impossible for God to be disappointed in you because he loves and loves always hope. Okay? Let me unpack why 
I believe that uh, it's impossible for God to be disappointed. Right. We just be defining that being disappointed in people is actually thinking that they haven't quite reached our expectation. (coughs) Now, does it not say in Psalm 139 that God knows us perfectly, that he needed us in the womb of our mother? Yeah? Does he not say in Ephesians 1 that he chose us before the foundation of the earth? And there's a hundred of verses who say that God knows us, he knows us perfectly. You agree with that? He knows it perfectly. He knows our strength. He knows our weaknesses. He knows when we're going to fail. So, how is it possible that God has expectation on fulfilled? It's impossible. He knows what's coming. You agree? So, He knows what's coming and He knows you, your weaknesses. Not, not only that, but He's all powerful. So, even though he knows your weaknesses, your failure, he's already provided a way through that. And, and if you're struggling with things, it will help you through that. So, and he always hopes that it's going to get better. So, because he's an all-knowing and an all-powerful God, it's impossible for him to be, uh, you know, to have some sort of expectation that are not unfulfilled. It's impossible. Can you see that? Okay, so it's not like oh, I can't believe this person's done this again. He won't, is it possible to think like that? In 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 you, it was around the corner. In you, and he wants to help, and he's in it with you. Yeah. Now you 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 you, you can go. Okay, I get that, but have, he must be a little bit frustrated with me, though. He must be a little angry with me. You know, uh, maybe God is like, you know, oh, I was having a good day until you did that. (laughs) You know, and you really messed up here. Listen, in in, uh, James 1.17, it says that he's the father of light. There is no darkness in him. And there is no shadow of variation in God. So, the conclusion of that is he's not a moody God. He doesn't have mood swings. He doesn't have mood swings with us. So he's not going to go, <coughs> and I'll do that when he tell me my kids. <coughs> okay. So, yeah, he's not like that with us. He does not have mood swings. And it says in Psalm, that is uh, 103, you've got the verses there, yeah? That is slow to anger. You know, his patience with you never runs out. It's part of his love again. You know that he's patient. He's patient. So he's not going to have mood swing, and he's not going to go, oh, I can't believe this. It's not happening. Oh, what a stupid kid. You know, that's not God. Okay? That's not God. Okay, so you must say, I get that. Okay, but you must say, but what happened when we sing? Because God does not like sing. He hates it. Well, yes, it's true. He hates it. What happened when you see? The whole premises of the gospel is that he put the wrath on Jesus for the sins. No? Am I reading the same gospel? Yes. So, in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, he's taken our sins, he's taken the blame, the wrath, 
So we could stand blameless, pure, holy in God's sight. So even when you obviously sin, even when you sin, the wrath of God has been put on Jesus. Yes, God still hates him. Okay, he still hates him. But he's not disappointed in you. He's not thinking, oh, <coughs> you know, no. The wrath has been put on Jesus. The punishment has been taken away. And actually, it says in Romans 2, verse 4, that it's his goodness, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So when we mess up, it's his love again. Who come and say, come on, I love you so much. Why are you doing this? This is not the best for you. Can you see? So what does God feel then? If he's not disappointed, frustrated, angry with us, what does he feel? He feels love. He feels love. And when we're not doing quite so well, or when we're meeting circumstances that are really hard, he actually feels, feels pain for us. He empathizes with us. He feels pain. He's like, oh, I am so... I wish you didn't have to go for this. He hurts me that you hurt. He hurts me that you, you hurt. That's what he feels. Uh, you know, he, he, he goes... And even when you mess up, you will go, oh, yeah, I can see you made all these bad choices. I can see that. And I'm so gutted because, you know, I want so much better for you. That's how he feels. Mm. He feels, yeah, he could feel sudden. He could feel pain because he loves you. That's because he loves you. Yeah? So because he loves you, he will endure. Because he loves you, he will be patient. Because he loves you, he will believe in you, though. Because he loves you, he will hope in you. Because he loves you, he hopes. He has just hopes for you. Does it make sense? Yeah? Yeah? You know, because he loves us, we love him in return. The main thing is to, to know that he loves us, so we could love him in return. In Romans 5, verse 5, there is a verse, okay? And it says, Hoping in Him does not put us to shame. It doesn't disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. Okay? So, bottom line, it's about His love. Mm. His love being poured out in our heart so we could have hope. And this hope will never put us to shame, will never disappoint us. Now, what about us? Because you know, I mentioned 1 Corinthians 13, but I know very well that 1 Corinthians 13 was written for, for us. Yes? It was written for us so that we would be able to love. And to hope. Okay? Okay, let's look a little bit at 1 Corinthians 13. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Okay? But it's a very important passage. 
And I want to read, especially, so you see the verse 7 that we just um, did there. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and always perseveres. And then it says in verse 8, love never fails. And, you know, there are prophecies, they will cease. There are times they will be stilled. Where they, there is knowledge, it will pass away. Okay? We know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And it comes, verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. Okay? When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now we only see a reflection in the mirror, but one day we know him fully, we'll see him face to face. To conclude, and now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these things is love. Wow, what a passage. You see, we are called to love and hope. We are called it's for us. And I would say the first thing, it's a question of maturity. If you see clearly the verse here, Oh, well, when we're children, we're children, we behave like children, and we don't know much, and we know in part. But actually, the more we grow, we behave like, like man, and we know more and more. And one day in heaven, we will be completely mature, because we will see him face to face, and all knowledge will be full. Mm. So, loving, loving people around us is a question of maturity. And we should absolutely, should be on top priority. Actually, actually if, even if you listen to the word, the words of Jesus, it said the greatest commandment is to love God with all our hearts, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors like ourselves. So love is, is the, the ultimate thing. And it's a question of maturity to go after love. Okay? Now, it is very interesting in this passage because, um, you know, we could be tempted to go for the, the, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and I, I think we should only go by the gift, for the gifts of the Spirit, okay? Because it's very important. Right now, we, it, what's happening is right now we're not face to face with God. So we need means to know God more. Mm. And the gifts of the Spirit are a means of revelation to us. Of who God is. That's what it is. But here it is. When we're going to be in heaven, we won't need them. Who cares? Because we will know him. We will be there talking to him. If we have a question, we say, oh Jesus, why about that? And he will talk to us back. So we won't need the gift of prophecy. We won't need the gift of knowledge. We won't need the tongues. Nothing of that we will need. Can you see? So in heaven, in this perfect situation, we don't need the gifts of the Spirit. We will know Him. However, three things will remain. Faith, hope, and love. This three thing will be in heaven. So they're here forever. They're here now, and they will be here forever. And they are the main important things. And there's one even more important in this three, it's love. Wow, we better practice love. <laughs> yeah? And actually, it's really interesting because sometimes we're over here, so we're on earth, and obviously we try to, 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 to get to know God. And um, of course, we need to go after revelation, and we need to go about uh, gifts of um, the Spirit. But you know what? If you, give, if you give gifts of the Spirit without love, it says at the beginning, that you would be like a symbol. 
actually, what we say, you're phony. That's what it is. If you start to practice the gift of the Spirit, you know, and you don't have love, you're phony. I'm sorry. That's what it is. Because you haven't understood that the heart of God is to reveal love first. So everything you do and everything you breathe by the gifts of the Holy Spirit should be absolutely, absolutely, 100% anchored in His love. Listen, I've done it. Listen, I've done it. I have gave um, words of prophetic and, and I know that maybe there was a little thing in my heart I was not completely in love. I have done it. And what it is, is your gift comes out and it's like, <laughs> it's got this bad test. <laughs> Honestly, it's got, it's got a little edge to it. It, will have a, it could be a different thing for different people. It could have a little judgmental edge. It could have a little bit of, oh, I'm showing sure off a little bit of the gift of the Spirit. Yes? we all done it. we all done it. I have done it. I have done it. So, that's again the maturity. We have to have love first. Yes. Have Amen. love first. Hallelujah. Yeah? You know, the, 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 these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. While love is when in, um, I was reading a little bit of a commentary on that. And it says, it should be spent, um, that's these three things, I think I've got in my notes there. Yeah, faith, hope, and love remains as a singular. There's actually in the Greek word, the way it's written, it's like a compound thing. It's like they all goes together. It's going to be faith, hope, and love. All together. Honestly, even if you believe a lot of things and you don't have love. Actually, does not James says faith with no action is dead work? It is again. So even if you have lots of faith, hooray, I believe, I believe. And then you don't have, you don't show love in action. Bing, yeah. funny. That's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, so we've got to love. We've got to love. You see, faith, love, and hope. It's it's really interesting as well in uh, one Thessalonians uh, five verse eight. It says, putting on faith and love as breastplate and hope. Of salvation as a helmet. So it's for your own good too. It's for your own good too. When you have faith, hope and love, you will completely, completely, completely protect all your internal organ system and all your thoughts and your belief system. So it's the absolutely vital thing we need to go after. Okay. So you see we've got two things going on here. We've got... God, we've got the vertical, okay? So God loves us, so he always hopes in us, okay? Because he loves us, we can love him back. And because we know his love, we can trust in him and hope. So that's the vertical, yeah? Should I repeat that? He loves us, and he always hopes in us. So because he loves us, we can love him back. And because we know his love... We can always trust Him. Amen. Yeah? So the more we know His love, the more we'll be able to trust Him and put our hope in Him. So that's the vertical. And then, the horizontal is, because He loves us, we're able to love others. And because we love them, we can hope for them always. 
We're not going to be discouraged. We're going to hope. So if your brother and sister has got like, you know, big default, and you're tempted to get disappointed by them, <laughs> no, love hopes. You will hope. You will encourage them. You support them. Same in the community. If you see a trouble, if you see people in your trouble, you can start to love them in action. You, you have hope for them because you know that love hopes. Amen. Isn't it amazing? It says in 1 John uh, 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Knowing him is to love. And verse 11 it says, um, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And no one has ever seen God. Uh, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete. So love is the demonstration of who God is. Even if he's not physically present, his love is the manifestation of who he is. Whoa. Isn't he amazing? Whoa. So I would say what we need the most is to have an encounter with his love. Only an encounter with his love will shift our mindsets. Because love hopes. Love's hopes. Hmm. I just want to finish a little bit or give you a little bit of tips, but then we will pray for that. Okay, we we need to not let disappointment in this life to guide our beliefs and our emotions. We need to set our, our, our beliefs and our emotions after God's love and God's hope. <coughs> it's really, really, really important. And I would say, you know, go for worship. But not just because I love it, <laughs> but because it's so vital. Because in worship, there's a divine exchange. You encounter His love. You encounter His love. And you need to go for encounters of His love. You need to know his heart. Look, it's impossible. It's impossible to be in the presence of God and not be changed. When you're in the presence of God, you are changed. And in his presence, there will be peace. There will be hope. There will be joy. Yeah? And we need to be super good at building hope mindset. Okay? And go after it. Um, with um, you know um, with, with our will like yeah. purposely Amen. be purpose focused that's what we need to do Amen. so for example I found that being thankful is, is my one number one weapon yes. even if Amen. everything goes bad yeah. being thankful you know it's, it's really important actually this morning because the last two weeks Oh, I had such a ride, and I could give you a lot of story why my hope level could have gone up and down, up and down, yes. Because um, I got a speed, speed ticket, which I deserved. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, I've lost my driving license, which never happened to me. I'm so, so, so careful. Then I had problem with the papers, where then um, all sorts of things happened. Uh, and then uh, I, I actually, that's a month and a half, I keep going back to the optician because they keep doing my glasses wrong. 
and I saw a, a huge headache, can't see, can't, there's everything wrong, you know, for a month and a half. And I can tell you, this absolutely exhausted me physically. Okay? So I had to say to Jimmy, I said, well, I'll be thankful, at least in this country, we have glasses. And they will sort it out eventually. And I do have my, you know, have them not for very much money. So this is great. And I will be provided for. You have to choose to be thankful. Amen. You know, in little, uh, even, you know, in difficult situations, in, in, in terrible situations, you have to learn to be thankful. Okay? And then you have to listen very carefully what comes out of your mouth. Because what comes out of your mouth often reveals which areas you are not very hopeful. Yeah. And I do it all the time. I say something and say, oh, well, obviously you don't have a lot of hope in this area. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go and talk to God about it. <laughs> yes, that's how you do. Say, oh, I think that I said that. Or, or you might say something about somebody and say, oh, this one is always doing that. Oh, where that came from? Say, no, hold on. Let's go back to what God, why is your assessment on it? Oh, okay, change my mind about that and be the solution, be the, the you know, the support for, for that person. So always listen to what you're saying. I think that's the most uh, important thing to do. And meditate on his promises. Meditate on his promises. Meditate on his promises. I just want to finish. And you know what? I would love if we could stand up. Because... I just want to finish on one thing. So we all need to know God loves for us. <coughs> and Jimmy will wrap up in a second. Wow, but I do, I do, I did feel when uh, I was preparing this that you cannot allow yourself to think that God is disappointed with you. You cannot allow yourself to think like that. Okay. So I just want you to engage with God right now. Okay? And talk to Him. Talk to Him. If it's your case, if you feel that there is still a little edge, you think, oh, God is a bit disappointed with you. <coughs> just, just repent. Just talk to Him. Talk to Him. It could be that, you know, it could, it could be that you grew up with parents who were really harsh and they always had a high expectation. Or it could be that you places over yourself big expectation or it could be that some people have spoken harsh words over you yeah whatever it is just bring it to God bring it to God have this dialogue repent to whatever thinking is not right in your own words you don't need me to do that for you in your own words Say, so God I'm sorry I thought you had this problem with me <coughs> and then when you're done with that just say to him Come and show me your love for me. I give you permission for that. I give you permission to show me how much you love me. Yeah, just just stay in his presence for a couple of minutes. Whoa.